Hello and welcome to the Literature Podcast, A Novel Review. My name is Seamus, your host, and together we will discuss, dissect, and explore the wonderful world of literature, and the wonderful world of literature is a vast and dense jungle, so let's start making our way through, one book at a time. Hello, good day, and welcome to the beginning of another episode of A Novel Review, a podcast exploring the wonderful world of literature. My name is Seamus and I am your host, and for today's episode, a book about bewilderment. Yes, that's right, today I am discussing Poison for Breakfast by Lemony Snicket. But before I jump into this riot of a book, I always take a moment to reflect on any mantelpiece moments. Something to highlight from the week past, and today, a bit of French fun. Over the weekend, I visited Nantes in France, or if you wanted a bit more Australian, Nantes in France. Uh, and I should, you know, like I probably should talk about the town in sort of the wider context of literature, because this is where Jules Verne lived, and he drew inspiration from the town and its surroundings. So it's it's quite a big one, but I think I'm going to save that for next time because there was just this moment, this little moment where I just had this wonderfully funny moment while exploring the castle known as, and let's butcher some French while we're at it, Chateau des Ducs de Bretagne, or the Castle of the Dukes of Brittany. Uh, this is a castle that was built in 1207 AD, and it's like really quite an incredible castle. And what's better, you can walk around it for free. I feel like I'm doing an ad for it now. It's all free, guys. You can check it out. It's A+. It, it was a great afternoon. It was very sunny, so you know, the like everything's better when it's sunny. But the funny moment actually came from when I was reading the signs. Now, there are signs all across the castle, all of which are in French, with an English translation except for one. And this particular one had only half of what it said in French translated to English. And that is because what they discuss in the first half in French is the fact that this was where they would hold and torture British soldiers that had been captured. And... I just kind of loved the fact that the French have actively left that part out of the English translation. So, you know, it, it was just that almost little Easter egg moment of exploring this castle, and I just wanted to highlight it. it you know, very, very shifty, the old French. Housekeeping, as always, all the scripts from the episode are available on my website, just in case you know of anyone who has a hearing impairment who might get a kick out of a written version of the pod, so head along. They're all there for free to use and enjoy. And now, let's get on with the show. Well, I mean, where should I even begin when it comes to a novel such as this, to a writer such as this? I know, I know, a quote. And, and not just any quote, the opening passage, because I could give an overview, in fact, like I will give an overview, but I don't think anything sets the tone as much as the opening paragraph into Lemony Snicket's writing style. So here we go. This book is about bewilderment, a word here which means the feeling of being bewildered. And bewildered is a word which here means you don't have any idea what is happening. And you is a word which doesn't just mean you, it means everyone. You have no idea what is happening, and nobody you know has any idea what is happening. And of course there are all the people you don't know, which is most of the people in the world and they don't know what is happening either. And of course I don't know what is happening or I wouldn't have eaten poison for breakfast. 
and in that opening passage, the stage is set. The pieces are lined up. We are ready to go. This is a Lemony Snicket book. And if you have read him before, you just sit back into your chair. You smile and nod to yourself. I'm about to go on a journey to nowhere and enjoy it, you will think to yourself. If you haven't read Lemony Snicket, you might think, and excuse the French, what the fuck did I just read? And look, I, I, I'm absolutely inclined to agree with you because his writing style and narration style are very cyclical and often don't lead anywhere that you couldn't have got to in a line or two. But that is the wonderful charm of who he is as a writer. It's an embellishment in a narration style that is self-aware of itself. Overall, Lemony Stinkett's narration style is characterized by its distinctive blend of dark humor, wordplay, satire, and self-awareness. It engages readers by inviting them into a world filled with misfortune, mystery, and literary references, a very uh, crazy and, and, uh, and absurd reading experience. Okay, so maybe maybe I should probably, because I'm kind of getting off track here a bit, maybe I should do a bit of a backstory and an overview. Lemony Snicket is not the writer's actual name. It's Daniel Handler, with Snicket just being his pen name. He is most well known for his children's young adult novels, a series of unfortunate events, which I'm sure most of you have heard of, and some of you might have even read, which spans 13 books and has sold around 60 million copies. So clearly there's a level of love for him, but I don't know. I think a lot of people's love and awareness for him starts and finishes with this series of unfortunate events, when in fact he has many more books that are just as humorously dark, cynical, self-aware and fun. Poison for Breakfast, of course, being one of them. A quick overview, and it's a pretty simple one this week. A man has breakfast and then finds a note that he has had poison for breakfast. From then on, he spends the day following the threads of where he sourced the ingredients for his breakfast to try to track down the mystery behind who and how he was poisoned before he carks it. I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway because I can. His breakfast was tea with honey, a piece of toast with cheese, one sliced pear and an egg perfectly prepared. Trust me when I say you will know his breakfast off by heart by the end of the story because he he repeats it quite a few times throughout the story and in case you're also wondering or thinking, well, what is a perfectly prepared egg? Do not worry, he will go through all the ways in which an egg can be prepared and you will still find it charming. So as you can see, the foundations of the story, are, are, are they're relatively simple and that's probably the best thing about it. It's a simple story that unfolds in the most delightful ways filled with mystery, philosophy, and an unreliable narrator that constantly breaks the fourth wall. And this is funny because in these moments of broken fourth walls, he does offer insights and, and, and information, and he offers grim foreshadowings and personal anecdotes that provide information and, and an authenticity to the text. However, he always then goes on to admit a bias or a lack of knowledge to the actual situation, which immediately calls into question what he has just spoken about. But that's not the point of his writing style. That's not the point of his stories. He is the unreliable narrator. But does that affect the truth of what he is trying to communicate about certain situations? I'll leave you to be the judge. He unnerves you in the most wonderfully comical way. Take this quote for example. Many, many more people have died than are living now. So when you die, you will have something in common with the vast majority of human beings. Or maybe he'll break your heart with this line. Telling yourself something does not matter is one of the loneliest things you can do. Because you only say it, of course, about things that matter very much. But often, and this is the lonely part, they only matter to you. 
He simply glides through simple yet big-hearted hitting truths as if the whole world, us included as his readers, are just the punchline to a joke that's hovering on his lips. And the whole thing is a joke, but there are just these roots of truth in it that make it so delightful. Take this quote, for example, and sorry for all the quotes, but it's, 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 it's such a quotable book. But Lemony Stinker writes, As I have said, I prefer a shop which sells one thing to a shop which sells many things. And a supermarket, of course, tries to sell everything. And there is always something distrustful about a place so eager to please. I mean, he's talking about a supermarket, and yet not only is it a wonderful comical take on the idea of big business being a dominant force of capitalism, a multi-billion dollar conglomerate that puts small businesses out of business, but it also has shades of Aristotle when he said, a friend to all is a friend to none. Because in a sense, they don't care about you, the supermarket that is, or your experience. They're banking on convenience. If you shop at a supermarket and have a bad experience with the canned tuna, that's okay because they have everything else as well. So you're hardly going to stop going because of a bad experience with one thing. And so, because of the convenience, it doesn't have to be the standard to impress you the way that an individual shop or business has to. And so, the story progresses, the investigation unfolds, and every delicate moment is paid attention. And it's a novel that is doused in humour, but it actually comes, and I won't spoil it, but it comes to this incredibly profound ending, wrapped up in our understanding and placement of the world and our interaction with it. It's, it's actually kind of scary when you get to it, because you've been reading this florid tale that treats its readers to enjoyment, and then suddenly it pulls back and the sharpness and clarity of his words start to cut some genuine depth into you. You understand yourself a little better in the philosophical resolution that the book has built to. It's a wonderfully fresh novel of wit and humour, playful language, and I mean, some of the quotes from today should reveal the constant barrage of skill that Lemony Snicket elicits in his writing style. It's not for everyone, but it is, that is for sure, for me. So my rating today, out of 5, is a 4.5. If you enjoyed the quotes I read today, you will enjoy this book. It's only like a 2-3 hour read, and I think it's sort of the perfect length for a story like this. There is an audible version which I've also listened to, which is read by Patrick Warburton, who plays Lemony in the series of Unfortunate Events on Netflix, which is also just sort of simply complementary to the fact that he's reading it. So, you know what to do. Well, 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 what am I reading this week? This week I am reading Nightwood by Juna Barnes. It's an interesting one. It's my first Barnes, and so far... I think it's interesting. I have no idea where the story is going, and I'm not even convinced there's a story here. But so far, the writing is really good, so I can see why she is a famous writer. So I'm just sort of cruising along with that. I'm excited to see where it takes me, if it takes me anywhere at all. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it's a good story in the end. She's another modernist writer, so let's see where we end up, uh, because it could be anywhere. So that's what I'm reading this week. Now, before I close out the show, if you listen this far, please consider hitting those five stars. I would really appreciate it. Also, feel free to head along to the website and support the pod further. But of course, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your attention. Well, I think it's time to end this episode. So today to take us out, a bit of another master of the wit, Oscar Wilde, and this line from The Importance of Being Earnest. To lose one parent may be regarded as a misfortune. To lose both looks like carelessness.